0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to The Brink as we come to you today for episode 54 of our rebooted, reformatted podcast, which I keep saying all the time, and it's really not that rebooted anymore, considering that we've been on here for every year in this format. But whatever, we're back, episode 54, December the 4th, 2017, our first show for December, the final month of the year. How has this year gone by so quickly? But... Uh, We've got another big show today, we've got regulars joining us, we've got more funny bits to play for you and everything else in between and uh, didn't get an opportunity to do this last week because we had a bit of a different introduction but um, going over the statistics of where you've been listening to us around the uh, big, big world of ours and a big shout out as always to our Austrian, our United Kingdom, our Indian and our Cook Islands listeners, Um, lots of people from around the world as well. And as always, I give you the opportunity to shoot us a message, say good day, say, hey, why are you listening to us? Um, you know, we've got the consistent levels here of our Cook Islands and Austrian listeners, so I really hope that uh, if you're coming across our podcast, you're enjoying it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a pleasure to have you listening to us from around the world, and we hope that you're at least enjoying the content that we are putting out there for you. <laughs> Another time of the episode for us to go transcontinental. It's not really transcontinental because I guess it's technically part of our continent in some ways. I don't know. We've done all this before. I'm just making shit up. It's Nick Chester from New Zealand. Nick, welcome back to The Brink. Uh,
1: always a pleasure to be back.
0: Always a pleasure to have you. Um, and we always want to hear about New Zealand. And I mean, I'm looking at some shit here, but I kind of feel that you might have some interesting stuff for us to talk about. What's happening in New Zealand this week?
1: Oh you know, I've been doing um um you know extensive research, which you know includes going on to stuff.co.nz about thirty seconds ago. Um as always I'm I'm doing um, you know, my extensive research. But um one of the headlines I just pulled up that I thought was um a great one to get us started on was X Kiwi MP now a gay icon in Japan. <laughs> um that's, that's, that's not something you hear every day. So Wow. So um so 71-year-old, oh no, that's not, no, that's, uh, so Morris Williamson, um, who is an ex-MP uh, over here, so he made um, quite a famous speech during the um, the gay marriage debate that we had here um, about four years ago. Um, some people might remember it where he talked about the big gay rainbow over his um, electorate, Different but if you haven't seen it, go and look it up on YouTube, it's quite funny, um, but basically that's been picked up by... Um, some Japanese politicians who are trying to get the um, the gay marriage thing passed over there. So, um, yeah, th- that's quite interesting. That's not something I, w- I would have expected. But uh, Morris Williamson's not too happy about it, apparently. Oh, really? Um, he's, now, he's now the New Zealand Consul General to the U.S. <laughs> um, um, and what does he say? I don't know what's driving it, but I'm delighted for the record. My oldest son, Simon, is half Japanese, so I'm proud of the association. It doesn't sound like he's bemused to me. Yeah, that sounds like he's, um,
0: he's, he's amused um, or something. Like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe some, maybe some, some poor um, reporting going on there, which is a shock for Stuff.co.nz. They always get it right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, there's an interesting story. I don't know what you make of that.
0: Uh, look, I mean, honestly, when I think about uh, New Zealand, I often would assume that uh, a former MP would no doubt be a gay icon. Uh, in Japan I mean it's just what I think about at night so um pfft, you know that's a headline that I don't often uh, assume will I, I read uh, actually one thing actually I've just noticed here I did there was I did want to talk to you about this something to, during the week because I was going to send this to you and then I've like no save it for the brink um it made the rounds here and I don't know if it maybe was popular in New Zealand or it's just one of these things that's been funny overseas is um the the recruit video for New Zealand police. Was that? Um, did you see that at all during the week, Nick?
1: Oh, I, I, I saw it on um, – I, I saw the buzz on Facebook, but I never actually saw it. Um, so uh, is this a time where I need to go and watch it? Do we need to kind of pause? Oh, no, can go look, and
0: you can watch it after. I mean, it's it's, it's just funny. It's kind of like um, – I know we've talked a little bit before about like, the Air New Zealand – uh, you know, safety videos. I mean, you, you guys generally do these things very well. Um it's just kind of, it's just funny just with all these cops sort of like running around the streets and kind of like, you know, being all dangerous, but they're really like helping a little old man cross the road. And then like a guy running down and he kind of, I can't remember what he says. And this like random woman just says something. And these cop's just kind of like, oh, you just ruined my flow. Like, I was trying to tell this story. And she's like, oh, sorry, bro. And it's like, oh, it's all right. And then all these cops just start running again. And, like, it's just just funny. It's just so clever. I mean, what is it about New Zealand and making clever, like, little films like this? You know, you guys, I think Hollywood needs to move to New Zealand. I think there's kind of a trend going on here, isn't there?
1: It's probably the um, the Peter Jackson influence over the years, I suppose, and uh, Taika Waititi, obviously. Um, yeah, we we get some good filmmakers come out of here, I guess. So yeah, maybe that's behind
0: it. How, how is the whole Four Ranga Rocka Rocka Rocka, whatever it's called? Um, you know, I mean, it's. Obviously a huge success, people are generally liking and I think for the most part people are liking Thor again, aren't they? I mean I I will admit I, in my slow Marvel catch up, I'm literally only just watched the second Thor about a week ago, so I'm not even close to watching the third one yet. So I'm gonna catch watch all the other bloody yeah. Marvel films in between. But um I mean is that I guess New Zealand? Are they into it as much as the world are as as well?
1: Oh, you yeah, know, I think we, because uh, it's quite funny when you get to it, you'll realize there's a character in there who is actually voiced by Taika and it, it's very, very Kiwi. And that was my only thing is like, well, people get this because it's just, it's so Kiwi. Um, but apparently people are loving it. So, yeah, I mean, Taika Waititi's is a funny guy and, um, and he seems to make it work regardless. So, yeah, no, I think people are really liking it.
0: Just reading here um, on your beloved stuff.co.nz, Jacinda Arden responds to Ed Sheeran's request for New Zealand citizenship. <laughs> uh, what's the deal here? Do you know much about this? or? Um, yeah, a little
1: bit. I mean, um, I'm sure Ed Sheeran says it everywhere he goes, but he goes on about how much he loves New Zealand. And, you know, he said that Wellington's his favourite city in the world. He's obviously really? been here on a rainy day because it's a shithole. Um, <laughs> it's a night. It, like, the, the, the saying about Wellington is that it's a beautiful, you know, it's the best place in the world on a great day. The problem is Wellington only has about 10 of them a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you know, on, on on a bad day, and I've been there in January when it's been the rain's been coming in sideways, and yeah, it was not fun. So, so yeah. Um, but anyway, basically, yeah. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said she needs to know Ed insurance position on jandals before she's considered <laughs> making him a New Zealand citizen. So apparently, he's actually made inquiries about becoming a New Zealand citizen.
0: And I'm actually reading here. Um, she also says the first: Do you like pineapple lumps? Do you even know what they are? Uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, look, I'll be absolutely honest with you. If he does say this about every other country in the world, he's never said it about Australia that I know of. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's been legit here, Nick. Uh, which is, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird. Like, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's a weird request. Don't be offensive to New Zealand, Ben. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, what, what's your, what's your viewpoint on Ed Sheeran? Do you give a shit or not really? <laughs> it's a weird question. Yeah, I mean. <laughs>
1: If he wants to be a New Zealand citizen, by all means. I'm I'm not really fussed. Um, yeah, I guess probably the the thing the the hilarious part about this is that you know, Jacinda's trying to reduce the number of immigrants we've got coming in. So you know that that's kind of the the funny thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, whether or not you like pineapple lumps shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a big deal because I don't think they're that great. They're alright. Look,
0: one thing I think I'll leave it on here is when I think of New Zealand. Look, I'll be honest with you, Nick. One thing I don't often think about the country are beaches. Um, and look, I, I know you've got some. You and I went to a beach in New Zealand. I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but it's just generally you think of Australia, you think of beaches. I mean, you, you think of Iraq, you don't think of beaches. There are just some countries you don't think about beaches when you hear that name. But I love the fact there's a, a website, newshub.co.nz, has a headline. It's almost like it's a disappointing fact for your country. New Zealand fails to make world's best beaches list. <laughs> like, it's like, it'd be like Australia fails to make the tallest mountains in the world, Liz. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, it seems so like random. It's got, you know, it's New Zealand has failed to make the cut. It loses out to 50 pristine international beaches, including four from Australia in flight networks, <laughs> best beaches. List. We only got four. That's bullshit, man. Uh, I mean, you know, do you think about beaches in your beloved country?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got some pretty amazing beaches. Um, and, um, but the fact that the, the rest of the world doesn't know about them is kind of, is kind of what we like about it, you know, is that you can go to the beach even, you know, in the middle of summer and quite often there's only like three people and their dog at the beach. And, and that's what people love about New Zealand is that, you know, you look at these photos in Europe and the beaches are completely packed and New Zealand's not like that. You can kind of go to these pristine beaches and nobody's there. Yeah, to me it's... That's part of the appeal about them.
0: To me, it's kind of like Tasmania on the grand scheme of things. Like, yeah, Australia, think of beaches, but like... Tasmania, like we've got some great beaches, like exactly like what you said, but people don't think of Tasmania as having beaches because we're kind of the cold state. So, um, for, yeah. for those playing at home who care, uh, oh, apparently this website wants to auto refresh and take me to a different website. Um, apparently now I'm not allowed to read about the top ten beaches. I have to read about same sex marriage will give rise to poly- polygamy by Pauline Hanson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks, News Hub. Well, if you well we're going
1: going back to um to to beaches. I'd say um if you've seen the the you know the Macklemore video clip, uh, what's what's that song called? Drift um, Shop? Um, uh, no, no, the other one um where he starts on the pirate ship and stuff. Um, oh. anyway, there's a bit there where he's on the he's on the beach. Um, and anyway, that's that's Cathedral Cove in New Zealand, which is one of our most famous beach spots. Um, and it's pretty beautiful. Like it's an amazing place to go. There you go. Um. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some some amazing beaches. We actually had one a couple of years ago that, um, the I don't know, I can't remember the exact story, but they were going to sell it off so it would become like a private beach. And basically some group started it as like a, a crowdsourcing thing. And so basically like a million people put in a couple of bucks each and they bought the beach. And so now it's in, it's in public ownership wow. because everybody in New Zealand didn't want it to become a, a private beach.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I've got the article about those playing at home who want to know what the top 10 beaches are. So, uh, number 10, Trunk Bay St. John in the US Virgin Islands. Sure. Uh, Hidden Beach. Clearly not if it's made the top 10 beaches in the world. Uh, The Islas Mariatos, uh, Mexico Blue. I'm I'm guessing that's maybe just... Mexico Blue is an airline, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, Number eight is Hames uh, Beach in Australia. I think that's Hames Beach in Australia. Uh, Player Paraiso, River May, Mexico. Number six is Bayardes Porcos in somewhere in Brazil. Navagio Beach in Greece is number five. Pink Sands Beach in Harbour Island, the Bahamas, number four. Number three is Anso Lazio Praslin in Seychelles. Number two, Whitehaven Beach and the Sundays in Australia. And number one, Grace Bay in the Turks and Caicos Islands. Uh, I've only heard of one of those beaches. That is Whitehaven Beach. So none, of
1: the ones from, like none of the ones from Survivor made it. Like no. these amazing beaches in the South Pacific. Like I think they might have, yeah. I, I'm I'm calling foul on this because <laughs> it seems to me like none of the Pacific beaches are there. And you know that would be a, that would be just a, you know, a no-brainer to at least have one of them in there.
0: Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Oh, it says it's. I mean. It's got here that, this isn't in the top 10, but it's got in the rest of this article, Murray Beach and One Foot Island in the Cook Islands are on the list, and so is Fiji's Blue Lagoon. Um, Oh, okay, I'll take it. That's in the top 50. This list was created based on opinions of over 600 travel journalists, editors, bloggers, and agencies from the world. So there you go. All right. Um, Anything else going on? Uh, I mean, just quickly, I guess that whole Tonga, England finals cool all the tongan flags i thought we said that that game was gonna be empty in auckland but bloody hell that was full yeah
1: no it's great i think um as you and i kind of talked off air a little bit that um obviously you know new zealand's a place where a lot of people from the pacific islands you know they they move here um so uh, i'm not sure if it's true or not but it'd be pretty close to that there's probably more tongans living in new zealand than there are in tonga so that we probably shouldn't have been too surprised by that it's um you know, it's to be expected i guess um but you yeah, know awesome turnout and you know it's a shame they didn't win because it would have been awesome to see them in the final but yeah i mean um yeah pretty great event for for our tongan community that's for sure
0: indeed and by the time we release this the final would have been done um but yeah i mean australia's got to shit this in right i mean pfft, i don't really give a shit to be honest but i mean people in our northern states yeah, do yeah you would expect so the only time that
1: that Australia ever get beaten in the league is the like one time in ten years that New Zealand kind of get their shit together and actually win a game and it just happens to have been on like the final of a couple of these big events um so you know we've got a way better record in these big games than we than we should um and we're not there so i, I yeah I, I can't imagine that that Australia are going to lose to England.
0: Well, we beat them in the cricket this week. We're one up in the Ashes, so hopefully we can do the same in the uh, in the rugby. Nick, always a pleasure, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you next time. Radio, let's wind up the music and press this. This Back. Yes, we're going back again to 2010 as we have been recently kind of going over the best of that year. And uh, 2010, of course, was the year that Australia got a uh, female Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, of course, who would obviously come on to be a guest on our show uh, 2011 as an actual guest. But uh, at the time, we sort of had to pretend she was a guest. And um, this, I think, kind of uh, came down to myself and then co host Matt. And um, yeah, just a, a little bit here that you might enjoy. Well, look, joining us in the studio, she's flown out a very long way, and it's a it's a massive honour because I don't didn't think this was going to happen so soon. Um, she's the what twenty eighth, twenty seventh, twenty sixth Prime Minister of Australia, twenty eighth Prime Minister of Australia, and the first ever female Prime Minister of this country, and um, <laughs> probably the first. And the phone's ringing too, Julia. I think you should probably turn that off. Uh, Julia Gillard, Prime Minister of Australia. Welcome. As the vuvuzalas and everything go off here as well. Julia, (laughs) welcome to the Brink and Edge Radio. Oh, look. It is an absolute honour to be here in, in South Africa and on the brink. Julia, Julia, how are
2: you this morning? Oh, hello, Matt. How are you? Very well indeed. You're looking very fetching this morning. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You seem to have picked up a bit of South African
0: accent. Oh, the way. look. Oh, the flight has has managed my voice box to just go a little bit low, and right. the altitude here in South Africa has. Uh, I'll listen to those vuvuzailers. They are. They are incredible, are they not, Matthew?
2: Yeah, they're like little mosquitoes, aren't they, Julia?
0: Oh, look, it is, and it's an honour to be here and to to see them in person, very much so. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So,
2: what was it like, Jules, walking into K. Rudd's office the other day and saying, Ruddy! Kev, mate, I want your job.
0: Oh, no. Well, look, it was a very daunting experience, and it has to be said, Kevin obviously speaks very fondly of this show and the boys and his time that he used to spend here, and... uh and that was probably part of the reason why I wished to take the top job was to to come on this show because I felt a bit snobbed as not ever been asked onto this program in the past right and um now look it was it was not as not as hard as I thought it would be actually um yeah. You know, I had some incriminating evidence against Kevin, which not a lot of people know about. Right. And, um, Such was? Oh, well, look, I can't exactly say here on air. Yeah, you can't give us a sneak peek. Oh, no, then look, I'll that. show you off air. How would you like that? Oh,
2: come on, for all our listeners out there, we have thousands of listeners. No, nice.
0: But look, there's probably more chance of me playing as full forward for the Bulldogs than there would be of me admitting really? that. Up-air. Really? Really? Yeah, yes. So well, just on that, actually, um, yes. ob- obviously a keen football fan I am, the Soccer Brews have actually asked me to play for them in the upcoming Asian Cup, and um, I am grateful to actually accept their offer. Well,
2: they haven't got any soccer players at the moment, so you wouldn't be wouldn't be
0: harming their chances. Probably not, no, hmm. but um, no, look, I do find it, it's quite nice here in your studio here in Johannesburg.
2: Yeah, it's really good, really fantastic over here. It's
0: better than the one back in Hobart. I, I've heard that it's not the best yeah. out there, but I, look, I would be happy to come visit you in the lead up to the election.
2: Absolutely. Would you well, like me to... In... Well, love to have you on there, Jules. So, um, just a quick question. Jules, a lot of Facebook uh, pages out there about Oh, your mama, yes. You? What are your thoughts on some of them? Oh, they're
0: a bit funny, aren't they? Yeah. All those kitchen jokes and, yeah. you know, redhead jokes. And, oh, oh, look, you know, I find them quite humorous. And just between you and me, mm. uh,
2: I won't tell anybody. But, oh, of course so, not. How many of those do you reckon um, Cruddy's put up?
0: Oh, oh, Ruddy's a bit of a joker, isn't he? absolutely. Oh, oh, no, look, Ruddy, he's he's a funny fellow, Uh, you know, in his own mind, possibly. (laughs) But, no, look, I think that the humour involved in Kevin Rudd's jokes are uh, possibly not that up there to create those Facebook Mm jokes, those groups. Um, well, look. Possibly he might have started a few ones about him, but the ones about me. Uh, it has to be said that Swanee, um, oh, Swanee's a little joker, and uh, when he gets on that computer, he doesn't know what he's doing. Just you t- <laughs> trust me with that one, Mister Stevenson. You, mm. you trust me. And you're just a little bit uh, disappointed.
2: I know, I know. This show is fantastic. You're wonderful to be on here, but you're a little bit disappointed that. Rove is no longer on air and you will not be in the cartoon with with, uh, with Swanny. Oh, look, well, as much as I would have loved to have a Julia
0: Gillard PM segment on Robbie, um I do believe that uh, this program that I'm on at the moment is quite the capable replacement for Rovey and I definitely believe that I can have a, a weekly segment on this show if you would allow me the time yeah. to appear on this show mm-hmm. because uh, between yourself... And Ben, who has been very quiet over there in the corner, and also to uh, the other one who isn't here at the moment. Uh, what's what's that young gentleman's I name? His name. Yeah. No, well, look, he's obviously not that important. Yeah. But uh, look, no, look, I would be honoured to come on this show if you would allow me yeah, the pleasure. We love rangers on here, so absolutely, Julia. Now, and I would like to also say that, Matt, that uh, in the future, the terminology of ranger will be outlawed in this country. Mm. I be- I do believe it to be derogatory to myself. Really? But, um, no, look, I, 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 I actually came on this show. I don't have a lot of time, but I did want to announce the election date. Right. Because yeah. I think it's very important for the Australian people look to... Forward. yes. Do you want to know? Yes. The election is actually tonight. Right. So um, I'm hoping that Tony Abbott is not listening. He's probably not. He's probably out budgie smuggling somewhere. Um, how you? You're a fan of you're one of those liberal folk, aren't you, Matthew? Yeah, absolutely. The budgie smugglers are great. So, um, everybody listening in Australia, uh, the election will be held in approximately ten hours' time. Um, so you must go vote now. Um, if not, if nobody votes, uh, you all go to jail, and the polls stay the way they are at the moment. So, um, good luck with that, Australia. Yeah, I mean, impersonations really don't sound anything like her. But when did any of ours ever sound like the people that we were trying to impersonate? <laughs> been a little bit since we've had our next guest on the show he's the man who comes on and talks about donald trump and other things and we've got him back it's uh paul luttrell paul welcome back to the brink
3: yeah good to be here it's been a while uh, it has you've been
0: a busy boy you've you've been out there doing more important stuff than podcasts which is a good thing i wish i could do that but um yeah (laughs) i just live in front of my microphone that's my life so how is the real world what's going on out there
3: uh, it's interesting the w- real world. I guess it's um, it's it's good uh, being in schools. It's good to see that kids have the same kind of um, reaction to Donald Trump that, that we do. They're fairly disgusted by him and um, think that he's a bit of a joke. Um, even oh, one one girl wrote a uh, did a graphic novel based on Trump, and the thing oh. was uh, Donald Trump goes out and tou- toupee to pay shopping. Oh, that sounds a good, good. Piece of satire, that one. Pretty,
0: pretty fun. How were the illustrations? Does she have a, a future in in graphic novel design? Well,
3: the illustrations weren't weren't amazing, but uh, I think the underlying story was pretty funny, and yeah, I mean, the illustrations helped convey the message, I guess.
0: Oh well, that's that's good to hear. Um, we'll get her on when she's famous, perhaps. But um, what, yeah. what's what's happened to to Trump in the last month or so? I mean, a lot, um, but. I don't know. There's there's tax. There's there's tweets. There's uh, defending people that probably shouldn't be defended. I mean, the yeah. guy just doesn't uh, doesn't stop delivering, does he?
3: No, he doesn't. I think as well. I think we in intervention, to mention the uh, ongoing investigation of his uh, you know, his administration as well. And they seem to be just bearing down on everyone now. We've, even Jared Kushner has been under the, the gun. We've seen Donald Trump Jr. and Matt Paul Manafort and a few other people. Um, was it Muller, the guy that's under Muller, however the Americans say it, the FBI guy, is uh, uh-huh. bearing down, which is great news, and hopefully Trump is squirming about
0: that. Well, he's, I mean, happy one-year anniversary of him getting elected um, yeah, since yeah. we spoke. Um, that went by quickly. But, uh, I mean, what's... Like, you mentioned a little bit about this um, this Twitter thing with Therese May, the, the Prime Minister yeah. of the UK, that... Uh, you know, he was, what, retweeting a few kind of uh, anti-Islam sort of tweets and she piped yeah. in with a, an opinion and then he replied to some poor woman who only had six followers and thought it was the Prime Minister of England. I mean, uh, the UK, I should say, pretty, pretty standard, really, when it comes to a world leader, I would guess.
3: Yeah, you, you, I mean, he uses Twitter so much. you think that he'd actually know how to use it properly. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange uh, the fact that you can have these kind of diplomatic um, interactions over Twitter now. is very odd. It's out in the open. It, it seems a bit childish, but I mean Theresa May obviously. It's it, it, basically by resharing things that are, um, you know, the, the, essentially these minority groups that are trying to incite hatred and things like that by retweeting them. It doesn't reflect very well on the UK. It's kind of an attack on the UK, in it, a way. So I think she has every right to kind of pipe up and say, this, is, this shouldn't be done. Trump, But yeah, Trump, obviously, whenever he's called out or anything, he, he writes back like a child.
0: It's, I mean, it's so interesting to follow his Twitter, just because, you know, like, yeah, he he kind of has, it's two sides to him. He's either doing his... Childish sort of, you know, sad fake news sort of tweets and all that sort of stuff. But then it feels weird when he actually does like today it was an honor to welcome this person to the White House. We look forward to working and continuing our strong relationship together. Um uh, like I'm seeing one here, uh at least time recording this, eight hours ago. Today it was my great honor to meet with the Crown Prince of Bahrain at the White House Bahrain and the United States are important partners. I don't know. It just, it just seems weird, Donald Trump, to be tweeting stuff like that, when you also then have a look one here when uh, a day or so ago, funny to hear the Democrats talking about the national debt when President Obama doubled it in only eight years! Exclamation mark! Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It just I feel like sometimes he does have normal people tweeting for him, uh, and then it's just back to him.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think that there's kind of like someone who's trying to be on message and actually promote the news, and then he gets in there with his little gossipy jibes and whatever. But yeah, it's ridiculous that he goes on about uh, Obama increasing the debt when his new tax laws that he's trying to uh, pass in um, Congress are actually, you know, I think 37 out of 38 economists that they surveyed said that it would increase the debt by a, a ridiculous amount.
0: Right, so what what is the point then of him doing this? I mean, how can he spin this? I, I, I don't understand yeah. that.
3: It, it's, it's essentially just we're trying to give money to our rich friends. Right. And trying to spin it in a way that, you know, it's a tax cut, but it's not a tax cut for everyone. It's a tax cut for the wealthiest
0: 1%. Right. So is he just setting himself up for a good life once he gets uh, kicked out of the White House? Is that essentially what he's trying to do? Oh, I don't know. He surely
3: he hasn't got many years to live. I don't understand what he's... <laughs> that's, I, that's one um, positive we can take from him. Is it
0: weird, though, that you never kind of... I don't know if it's just me or not, but I don't picture Donald Trump as, like, a 70-year-old. Like, to me, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give him a compliment, but he doesn't think, seem like a 70-year-old.
3: I think it's because he's... That's the, it's the uniform. It's the Trump uniform, essentially. He has the orange fake tan, the hair weird hair and that (laughs) those big suits and you could put anyone in there and they would look like Donald Trump you could put a 95 year old Jewish woman in that (laughs) suit and that would still look like Donald Trump Um, (laughs) I'd like to see that (laughs) it's, it's kind of like the Beatles effect when everyone in the Beatles all wore their kind of Suits and everything—you couldn't really distinguish that much between their looks. And I think that John Lennon used to say he like he put on heaps of weight at one stage, but you couldn't really tell because the, the 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 image of the Beatles kind of overpowered that, and you mm. kind of just of Beatles.
0: That's crazy, mm. yeah. And it's it's interesting to put it that way. But um, yeah. And how's it been a year? For God's sakes, everyone complained that uh, yeah. you know it was like this. Oh, this election campaign will never end. It's so long and. Here we are, more than 12 months uh, since the day that he was elected. And it's just, I don't know, it just feels so weird to think that. But, I mean, I guess on the positive side of things, that means that we're, you know, approaching the halfway mark. I mean, in less than a year, we'll be halfway through this, won't we?
3: Yeah, we've kind of just been spinning in circles, haven't we? He hasn't really done anything, which is, in a way, it's a good thing because he hasn't been able to do anything ridiculous. But it seems like we're always teetering on the brink of kind of like a disaster. And that's, it's, I don't know, anxiety inducing a
0: little bit. Which, I mean, as we've said plenty of times by talking about this over, you know, this year is the fact that, you know, sure, we wake up and it's a great news that he's gone. But, I mean, again, it's, you know, Pence is in there. I mean, that's kind of not better. I mean, it's not worse, I guess. Well, is it? I don't know.
3: <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, if. If he's in in there, we're probably not going to go into a
0: war with North Korea. At least it would just be internal problems, you know. uh, Certain minorities might need to to worry a little bit more about their rights as opposed to, um, you know, starting a nuclear war with Korea. Um,
3: I I feel like he doesn't kind of activate that kind of um, primitive kind of... um,
0: He's one of these people who has outdated viewpoints but doesn't necessarily point them out when he's in control, I guess.
3: Yeah, whereas Trump kind of... I think that he's so unhinged that so many people identify with that and feel like um, it gives them a bit of a licence to just be, you know, the, the worst people they can be.
0: Yes. Someone like, I guess, Tony Abbott, who has opinions and maybe wasn't necessarily... As bad as some thought he might have been when he was in control, but now that he's not prime minister, he goes back to those viewpoints, I guess.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I can totally see that. I think that when he was, he might have had people, you know, count. He had. He was consulting with other people, and they were maybe kind of like filing down his rough edges. Whereas now he's out of the office, and now he can he's free to you know spout whatever he wants. Back
0: to being Tony. Um, yeah. which, I mean, obviously, uh, outside of Trump, outside of America, I mean, great news for us uh, since uh, we spoke. I mean, not necessarily for you and I, Paul, but, I mean, it is great for you and I, should we ever decide to uh, head down the altar. But, to obviously, uh, same-sex yeah. marriage, yes, vote yes, it happened. Uh, I mean, they're yeah. hoping to push this down by Christmas. It passed the Senate this week. Uh, so, yeah. I think it just has to, what, pass the lower house and then uh, it could be uh, up and available next Friday uh, at the time of recording this, which uh, time releasing this will be this Friday. So... Um, yeah, obviously, that's a bit of good
3: news, isn't it? Yeah, it's excellent. I, uh, I At first, I was kind of disappointed that the numbers, like 61 to 38.9 or whatever it was, I thought, oh, it would have been nice to get a two-third majority. But then looking at the different electorates and seeing that I was at 133 to 17 or something like that, mm. that, was, that was much better because then it shows that it's kind of, you know, the country right over. It's not just the inner the centres, the um, population centres that have voted for it, it's actually right across Australia there's this vast majority of people want it to be legalised and it was it was great. I was at, um, you know, I was on placement at Farn and everyone was celebrating and happy about it, and all the kids loved it. Um, but then I realised, wait, 61%, we're, you know, we're talking about this, how great it is, there's probably a couple of staff members that voted no. <laughs> and we're kind of all just like, yeah, yeah, and kind of rubbing it in, in their face a little bit, but that was
0: okay. You got a couple of people in that room who are awkwardly clapping, Hey, yeah, this is girl celebrino shit <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah, I mean it, I, I the one I the interesting stat I saw was um us in good old Denison. That was in the top ten highest percentage in the country, I believe. Um, yeah, that's I think it was like fourth or fifth, the most highest percentage of yes votes in the land. So um,
3: that's Even Hobart. Tassie was above average, so that was good.
0: Yeah, which was, uh, I think, was it New South Wales was the lowest turnout or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of outside of Sydney, but like, I mean, you know, you kind of Sydney's one of the, I guess, the most gay-friendly cities in the whole world. So it was kind of like, you know, that was a bit of a, a, bit of a strange thing. But I guess, you know, New South Wales yeah. is more than
3: Sydney. Western Sydney or rural Sydney, I think there's yeah. obviously a lot. Well, the big migrant population who obviously have different kind of religious beliefs and different upbringings and backgrounds. Um, but, yeah, you'd think, obviously, you're a minority. You'd hope that other people identify with the fact that people have been discriminated against and have some kind of empathy towards it. But, obviously, if you have a certain belief system, then you're going to vote no.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, the, the one, I mean, obviously, it's fantastic. It's great. Um, for myself, it just means now that I've got even less chance of getting married, which is great. I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> um, oh, well, it may be even more chance if I decide to, you know, just give up on girls and kind of, you've yeah, got more options available. That's a good point. Um, I mean, outside of this, Paul, uh, yourself, I mean, um, how's everything else going? Band looks like it's going well. The running's going well. Uh, life pretty good for Paul at the moment.
3: Yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to kind of uh, getting out there and getting a, a job and, you know, being an adult. Um, What's that
0: like? I've heard it's good.
3: Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to you with that. And it's it's um, For the last month or, or last five weeks, I've been, you know, a kind of part-time adult there. Or a full time adult, but kind of on on vacation as an adult.
4: <laughs> it, it
3: feels good. Once you, I can see how you kind of time runs away with you, and you don't get much else done because you're kind of just stuck in that. But it was, yeah, it was fun.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, did you, did you do the point to pinnacle, or was that only Caitlin, or did you both do that?
3: I did the shorter event, the point to pub.
0: Oh, um, right. Yeah. So she went all the way to the top, did she?
3: Yeah, she did, and then she vomited on the bus ride back down. No, <laughs> <laughs> was that because she was
0: so good and fast, or that? I mean, what happened well, she, there?
3: She doesn't. She doesn't eat a lot of like rubbishy food, and she'd been drinking on the way out. Heaps a Powerade and water and stuff like that. And then she got to the top. She wasn't feeling great, and then she said she had a maniac bus driver no. take her back down, and she just yeah vomited twice. Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sure it's not very funny, Ben. It's not very nice that she vomited, but, um, well, I mean, yeah. that's good. I mean, I've started a bit of an exercise regime myself, Paul. I mean, it's it's not running up a mountain or to a pub, but, uh, you know, I've got to start slowly, right, and work my way to the top, I guess, sort of. Yeah, that's
3: that's the way to do it. I think most people kind of, um, they shoot themselves in the foot because they go out and they try and do too hard too soon, and they associate exercise with pain because of that. I think if you just go out and you take it easy and then you gradually kind of, you know, you'll get better anyway, and you could just, just kind of relax when you're out there.
0: Well, I've noticed it. Like, I mean, kind of I do this lap around where I live, and kind of there's heels involved and in everything, and, um, you yeah. know, I used to do it all the time. But when I started two weeks ago, I, I was... I'd never been so, like, tired. Of, I was like, holy fuck, I am so unfit. Yeah. Like, this is... I used to be able to breeze in this, and I am struggling. Um, yeah. But, like, today uh i breezed through it i was up the hill i was fine or whatever so like uh i'm gradually working up to doing two laps um so i'll I'll do that next week and then kind of do that for a month and then hopefully the three laps and four laps and i don't know just like gradually building my way up through it
3: yeah Um, that's the way to do it and you you kind of it's good if you get over that kind of two-week hump because no matter what the first week and the bit you'll just feel terrible anyway but once you get past that and you kind of you start to get those adaptations you um yeah, it was much
0: better. Well, I did yesterday I did it in 35 degree heat and today I did it in pouring rain, so...
3: Yeah, oh, today was... Yeah, it felt great. I went out for a run today and it felt excellent having just... The temperature dropped. It was
0: nice. Yeah, I, I'm liking it. I, I, I see why people like running. Well, I'm walking at the moment. am not running yet, but uh, it's it's wow. a fast walk. It's not a slow
4: walk.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. As long as you that's all that matters, really.
0: Yeah, no, I'm surprising myself with it, actually. I, I'm liking it, so hopefully I can keep up with it. But... Uh, Paul, uh, hopefully I'll get you on again next week. Hopefully the world will still be here. If uh, Trump, we said that all every week this year. I feel, but uh, it's still here, so I mean, it's good. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been good to catch up, and we'll uh, speak to you again soon.
3: Yeah, no problems.
0: Now we've been doing a bit of a regular segment where we kind of bring you some uh, highlights of the week during uh, what we've done in terms of the Oz network. Uh, We've been doing our Star Wars month, of course, and uh, this week is our final sort of episode in regards to the films that we've been covering, lead up to The Last Jedi coming out next week. uh, We covered the animated film from 2008 Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And um got a little bit sidetracked in regards to some uh potentially offensive words used in the uh Star Wars Galaxy and just please note we kind of had to record this differently and kind of post production we realized that we had a very annoying uh sound effect coming in through the speakers that you'll hear uh constantly in the background when Colin speaks. So uh here's the snippet. That's a uh, bit racist. Like I mean I don't <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> skin
5: colour. Yeah, this- there's a lot of other, you know, races you cannot say that uh, <laughs> line to words.
0: <laughs> that, that's, that's against green wow. skin. You, you know, you just got off. That's disgusting, yeah. Anakin.
5: <laughs> uh, he might as well have called them the, the G word. <laughs> <laughs> Griga. <laughs> oh, no. You did not say that.
4: <laughs> what? <laughs>
5: bad. <laughs> a long time ago, in a racist galaxy broke away.
0: Don't say the G word in Star
4: Wars. <laughs> Trials. We've now
5: given the G word an official name. <laughs> Come on, people. We're saying it in historical context Trial. here.
0: It's okay. <laughs> you know. Come on, we can't change all of history, right? Well. When they say it to each other, they just change the ER to an A. <laughs>
4: <Yeah. Okay. laughs> Right, <laughs> that word's going to be running through my head all
0: <laughs> Yeah, funny, uh, and I apologise if that G word offended anyone It's been a couple of weeks since we've had this gentleman on the show Because stuff has been happening in Canada that has prevented us from talking to him, apparently uh, It's Colin Hilding, Colin, welcome back to The Brink
5: Thank you for having me back, I think it's Try been out. two whole weeks So there was something oh. happening for one week there that is way too dramatic for us to talk
0: about a fortnight are you familiar with the term fortnight
5: uh only for when you drop it (laughs) and then i usually google it after you say it and then i forget after i've googled it
0: it's it's one of these words that i just have always assumed that people know what it is but then like yeah in dealing with americans mainly they always like a fortnight what's that um so i don't know canada's kind of that middle ground that you know you're similar to us because of the commonwealth but then you're similar to america because they're below you i don't know anyway um so there was a big sporting match in canada uh in the last two weeks which Hmm. is kind of like your super bowl your afl grand final the gray cup um tell us about this and what happened and who won and there was snow
5: there was lots of snow (laughs) um i mean cfl is uh basically the canadian football league which is exactly like american football with like a few minor differences our our fields longer uh there's only three downs like people are familiar with american football you get four downs which basically four chances to get a certain distance in canadian football it's only three so the game moves back and forth a lot quicker but um It's kind of unusual that there's a sport which uh, should normally just be a minor league thing here, but it's actually quite big in Canada. Um, I know if we go to uh, a low-attended game here for our team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, it'll probably still have, like, you know, 10,000 people, which, you know, if the Jets put 10,000 people in there for hockey, that's a big deal. But, yeah, the Grey Cup is, I guess, the big final game of the year, and it's crazy they always have it in the end of November, which is when it starts getting really cold in Canada. And sometimes you get it like happened here where there was a massive blizzard and whiteout as they're singing the national anthem and everything. Uh, And I'm looking on the field and I see as soon as the national anthem is over, they have people out there with shovels shoveling out the lines on the field. So the players would know where they are. and So the referees would know. uh, Yeah. Yeah, he got like 10 yards or whatever he got, you know, eight yards. And they actually had at one point, I swear, I, I swear to God, a Zamboni on Trial. the field. It, it had like a plow in front of it, but it just basically looked like a Zamboni plowing the entire field to get the snow off. So it, it was kind of like crazy weather scenario. But, um, yeah, it was it was fun because the, the game came down to Toronto and Calgary. And oh, uh, two
0: favorite cities in your beautiful country.
4: Trial.
5: Yeah, and I'll say it's it's especially interesting because Calgary was in the Great Cup last year, and they were by yeah. far the best team going into it. Uh, I think they'd only lost like two games all season, and they were up against a team that actually had a losing record. Yeah. So they lost more games than they'd won the entire season, and somehow Calgary blew it in the final minutes and lost to Ottawa last year miraculously the exact same thing happened this year calgary <laughs> had the lead and with minutes to go they lost wow. it to toronto and with seconds to go they they basically had a tied. it was seconds ago they lost it again so calgary is the two-time choker here <laughs> as the number one team and toronto was number one uh which is fun for me because wow. i'm a big toronto fan for pretty much anything sports
0: wow so is this like um kind of like the super bowl like wow. afl grand final here it's a big deal like You'll have barbecues. Mm-hmm. I mean, guess you wouldn't have barbecues because it's snowing. So, I don't know, like fucking casserole lofts or something like that. And <laughs>
5: just- like that's what Canadians eat during the winter. We barbecue in the winter. That's the thing people don't know about us.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, like, is it a big deal? Like, everybody, like, has viewing parties and stuff like that? Yeah. Or is it, you know, you're just Canadians, you're too nice, you don't drink alcohol? or something? I don't know.
5: Yeah, no, it is a big deal. You know, you have your Grey Cup parties like you will your Super Bowl parties. I think probably the only difference. And I always thought the TV ratings were smaller, you know, because, A, we don't have the big elaborate commercials that you get with, like, Super Bowl commercials. uh, But also, it used to be carried on network television, and now it's moved to, like, the cable sports, like our version of ESPN, TSN. And I thought, well, maybe the ratings were bad for it, but even just looking over the ratings for the last couple of years, you know, we'll get, you know, yeah. five to ten million Canadians watching this. And when you consider in comparison to American ratings, you know, we have about one tenth the population in the United States. That's basically fifty to hundred million yeah. Americans if they were watching the Super Bowl. Sounds like so a quarter
0: of your population, isn't it? Or even nearly a third.
5: Uh, I think we have about 30 million, yeah. so yeah, you can you can have anywhere from a sixth to a third of the country watching this in any given year. Um, we didn't have a party because well. we're boring and we have a baby. <laughs> but, yeah, it is is definitely a big deal, and uh, the halftime show, you know, we got Shania Twain this year, which there was oh. a bit of a controversy on that. Uh, this Because you always seem to pick up on everything Canadian, um There's a controversy where some, uh, I guess, journalist wrote that Shania Twain looked like a tramp during the (laughs) halftime show. (laughs) She was wearing a a pink glitter skin-tight outfit, so maybe for, like, a 50-year-old woman, it offended this guy. (laughs) But, yeah, it's become, like, this big controversial thing. Like, this guy's been asking, as everybody else is, you're being asked to resign because he called Shania Twain a tramp during the halftime show.
4: (laughs) Wow. Oh
0: my god, that's just funny. Uh, is it is it like play? Is it like the Super Bowl where they alternate between cities, or is it kind of like they they the highest team? Like where was this played? Uh,
5: this year it was in uh, I think it was in Ottawa this year. Um, oh. I, I wasn't really paying attention to the city. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was Ottawa uh, because it is the same thing where that you alternate different cities. Get it? You have to place the bid, even though we only have nine teams in the CFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's basically nine teams. You not that doesn't mean you're getting it once every nine years. Uh, Winnipeg had hey. it, I think, two years ago. And uh, yeah, this year was Ottawa. So uh, a different city will get it all the time. But it's it's different as well from the Super Bowl, because even though you'll have NFL games when you get to December and January, hey. where you'll have like Minnesota playing at home and they're in the snow. The Super Bowl is pretty much always, always used to be
4: city. Right. Yeah.
5: yeah, let's put it in Arizona or uh, Florida or, you know, Texas. Uh, you can't really have anything, you don't have that privilege. <laughs> yeah. You're in Canada. <laughs> Your nice weather will be, we have it in Vancouver this year, <laughs> but unfortunately it's snow mixed yeah. with rain because yeah. the temperature is right around freezing temperatures. So that's the nice Super Bowl or the nice gray cup that you might get here. I remember they had yeah. a big deal
0: about that a few years ago. Was it 2014 when they had it in um in New York at MetLife Stadium? Because they're like, oh, it's a cold weather Super Bowl, like dramatic. And if you, if they do have it in a city, it's got to have a roof. That's kind of like the yeah. thing, but MetLife Stadium. I yeah, watch MetLife Stadium. It doesn't have a roof. But I, I'm just looking at the teams here. Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Montreal yeah. Alou- Alouettes, Alouettes, the yeah. Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, Red Blacks? That's
5: our third – yeah, bro. that's our third Ottawa team. So you'll notice the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in there as well. Yeah. Uh, the bro. team there was – when I was growing up was there was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which was one word, and the Ottawa Rough Riders as two words. <laughs> So the Ottawa Rough Riders eventually folded. Right. They brought them back as the Ottawa Renegades for like a handful of seasons. Then they were gone for years. And then they brought back the Ottawa Red Black. So it's officially the third Ottawa team we've had.
0: The Red black. so in Australia, that would be the Red Backs is in the spider. What's a Red Black?
5: Um, I-, I thought it was just two colours. <laughs> I don't know what a Red Black is. I can't.
0: I mean, the football team I go over here are the Blues, so I can't talk about that team being the colour. Uh, Toronto Argonauts, the BC Lions... The Calgary Stampeders, the Edmonton Eskimos, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What is it about Winnipeg and planes, blue bombers and jets? Is there like lots of planes there or?
5: I mean, we used to have the, uh, all the military bases here in Winnipeg because we're kind of the center of the country. Right. And there used to, like, big air shows here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same. I guess I never even connected that until you said it because it's just so natural here. But, yeah, Blue Bombers, Winnipeg Jets, I mean, we, we can't really. Oh, of course, our baseball team are called the Gold Eyes, named after a yeah. fish. Course. And you want to look up the worst logo in sports. Look up the Winnipeg Goldeyes logo.
0: <laughs> and I thought the New Orleans Pelicans was bad. Um, and <laughs> I mean, we'll have to talk about this another time because, I mean, there has even been American teams in the CFL here that I'm they looking have, at. They have, yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, before I let you go, um, one thing I wanted to quickly, I, I always have to Google him, Justin Trudeau, to see what's happening. Uh, um, are you rushing out to buy the My Canadian Boyfriend Justin Trudeau calendar? Have you seen this? <laughs>
5: Um, no, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> is, there's an
0: article here on uh, one of our uh, broadcasts here in Australia. SBS. Uh, the headline: My Canadian boyfriend Justin Trudeau calendar divides public. Um, it's sold in some retail stores in the U.S. and online. Has excited Whoa. and confused consumers. The Canadian prime minister and former teacher features in the cheeky calendar, selling for twenty five dollars. <laughs> as Mr. February making a love heart gesture and Mr. November with his beloved dog and flexing topless for Mr. July.
4: Uh,
5: um, uh, yeah. You know here's here's a funny, unrelated story, and we'll probably talk try. about this next week because we also have um, in Winnipeg this week one of the big hockey shows on tv is broadcasting here and they have this big festival so i was there today for part of it and then the other half will be tomorrow but um they had this guy there he has this hockey circus and it's kind of just this and uh he was mentioning that he's uh, he's in front of the crowd and he's on his skates and everything and he's doing his whole act and he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm I'm afraid to admit this here but I'm actually not right. Canadian. I'm originally born in America uh, but I've been doing this act in Canada for 20 years now and there was this big list that came out that ranked the 21 most right. Canadian things you'll ever see and he said, I was on that list at number 19. To put that in perspective, Justin Trudeau made number 21 and he's like, he's creeping me up up on me though every time he takes his shirt off and as soon as he said that, I'm like, That sounds like something Ben would say or any other Australian. Don't blame me. I'm
3: bringing you the news. I
0: don't give a shit if this guy gets his shirt on and
5: off. (laughs) This is what's funny when you said people are divided. I'm like, of course people are divided. Canadians don't care and Australians are loving it.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, Malcolm Turnbull's never heard of uh, in Canada. (laughs) Shirtless pictures of Malcolm Turnbull. I don't think they exist, to be completely honest with you. It's probably a good thing. Um Always a pleasure. Uh, Enjoy your hockey shit. Uh, It's not shit. You know, I enjoy it. I don't know why I said that. That was me. Um, But thank you. I'm just going to end this. Thank you for joining us.
5: And look for Colin Hilding, my Canadian husband, (laughs) calendar in stores for 2018.
0: Jamie definitely won't be buying that one. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, you know I get excited when I press this button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Forget the Lyrics. So good. Uh, Three for you today, as we've kind of been bringing you in the last few weeks. Uh, We're going to go back to the year 2013. Uh, We're going to go back to the year 2010 and the year back of 2008. Um, Let's start with 2013. Uh, Hearing me get along... To the classic that is Blondie and the classic that is Call Me. You've got to get into it. You've got to... You've cited the Doorknob Association. Open up your doors now, baby. Turn that little knob. Is it new and from Bunnings Or is it old and old Does it make you want to buy A book to see where it is from Doorknobs on the door baby Turning them and opening the door Door Doorknobs are so cool and fresh You can do lots of things with them all night Doorknobs yeah, yeah, Donobs! Who cares about those other twisty ones, the handy ones that go up and down? Vancouver might want to use them now, but you really don't have a cow. When they're old and with lots of history, you make sure you don't want to do things for free. Donobs! American Doorknobs Association, join now. You can talk about knobs. Doorknobs! You can learn how to get paint off your knob and even how to buff your knob. knob. (laughs) Doorknobs. Did did I lose it when I said you can learn how to buff your knob? Yes. Mm. Okay. Uh, we also obviously had a few kind of guest appearances over the years in regards to our Forget the Lyrics. Uh, famously, some politicians, Graham Sturgis, Scott Bacon joined us, uh, there. But of course, we also had some musicians well, they are musicians, I was going to say sort of musicians, they are musicians, are good friends of the show, is Tim Woods and Joel Stibbard, who uh, were sort of touring musicians from the Melbourne area, and they kind of would uh, join us every now and then. They were supporters of our Olympic bid, so they sort of would come in and perform and chat. And uh, they decided to give Forget Lyrics a bit of a crack and do along to the uh, Barry White classic Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Baby.
6: Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk you about a serious topic.
4: Oh, yeah
6: something you can shake your eyes to oh. when you're not in Australia or Delhi, when you're in another country, oh yeah, let's pick a country It's not oh, there's an Adelaide, <laughs> America, no, Mexico, no, Mexico. Oh. No, Mexico. Mexico sounds like a beautiful place. My darling, i shaking those maracas in Mexico. Yeah. Come on, baby, you know how to work your wrist so far. Shaking my my maracas in Mexico. Mexico. (laughs) Maraca. Come on. Yeah, no matter how I try, I can get used to it. Come on, let me feel your wrists on your body now. of Check that, taking that ass. <laughs> I'm so totally lost. Joel is lost now. But I just do the shaker thing because of know what he's doing. They bring some talent to that section.
0: Uh, speaking of talent, let's hear myself and Josh uh, back in 2008 do "Celebration," uh, the "Cool in the Gang" classic, of course, uh, also covered by Kylie Minogue famously. Uh, this was in celebration of our then 100th show. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Pop it up, man. Pop yeah. It up. Three billion the- people.
7: Clap in the background. Come on.
0: That works. It does. Not yet, not yet. The queue's there. That's it, so you can see we're prepared. Oh, Yahoo! (laughs) A bit
7: delayed. Yahoo! (laughs) Oh, goody Joy Joy. (laughs) Alright, shut up. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, man. Go for it, man. It's yours. Take it away. Celebrate the
0: brink. Come on. (laughs) That works. Celebrate the brink. Come on. a show going on right now. It's called The Brinks 100th Countdown. So bring your good ears and your awesomeness too. We're gonna celebrate and bring the show to you. Come on now. Let's celebrate. We're gonna celebrate and listen to us. Listen going to bring the show to you right now. It's time to bring the show together. It's up to you. Listen to our treasure every time you come on the show. It's dancing time. It's awesome. Break it down, dance. Oh, Josh.
7: yeah. It's celebrating time. Yeah. what to you, my friend. I'm going to dance in the background and do a little bit of free Yeah. Well, we've got, we got a bit of a break. How in the music We're go? I'm going to break dance, my break friend. Break dance, my My friend, my friend. Careful. (laughs) The brink, come on. It's the Brink's time to shine, Ben. Let's celebrate the brink. Oh, yeah. There's a party going on right down here in the studio. A dedication to our 100th show. So bring your good times and your friends, too. We're going to celebrate and have the best time today.
2: Celebrate
7: the brink. Let's all celebrate and have some wine. Yeah. Celebrate the brink. <laughs> We're going to kill Ben if he isn't dead Woo! now. It's time to come in here. Say howdy-do. And any celebrity, come and say hi and congratulate us. A hundred shows, people. Howdy-do, apparently. Howdy-do. Celebration. Yeah.
0: Yahoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo. Celebrate the brink Come on do, do,
7: do, 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 do. Celebrate the brink Yeah,
0: yeah Yeah, the early days of Forget the Lyrics That one actually wasn't too bad for an early one I kind of don't usually like the earlier ones But uh, that wasn't too bad Props to us for at least trying It's time to now bring you a classic interview uh, I haven't done one of these in a few weeks And one of our very first ones that we played for you in this segment uh, a long time ago was our interview that we did with Rove McManus television personality one of Australia's uh, most famous faces I guess when it comes to that sort of things uh, we played that chat that we had with him back in 2011 we were very lucky enough to of course interview him twice and we interviewed him the following year in 2012 so given we played the 2011 interview between myself and Rove why not play the 2012 interview between myself and Rove sit back relax and listen to this now Rove welcome back to the brink Then I demanded it I, I demanded happened <laughs> well I have been to, too long it has been way too long and I'm glad to see that it was you demanding to come back on here then the other way around because let's face it you know we are in demand rove so look you obviously had to pull a few strings to get this slot didn't you yes absolutely <laughs>
8: and uh, and I I believe you know I believe if you're not on the brink, then you're taking up
0: too much space. Exactly. Well, that's exactly our motto, Rove. So you've been doing your research. But uh, look, it's obviously been a, a very big year for you with uh, Season 2 of Rove LA, uh, moving to Warner Studios. You're broadcasting now in the States, as well as, of course, the big-name guests. H- how has it been so far this year, keeping busy as well as the big move out to Warner? Uh,
8: well, so the move was was a very big adjustment for us. Uh, but, it, but it's a great place, it's, a, it's an exciting place and there's a lot of history there and if you're a cartoon buff like me, the that WB Shield logo is, uh, is a, a very iconic one from all the Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes cartoons to shows like The Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain that I absolutely love, uh, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter Museum at the actual studio, it's great. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of history there, and it is a working uh, film lot at the moment. The Hangover uh, Three, are they up to three? They are, it's, yeah. Uh, is shooting there at the moment, and uh, an Argo was shot there, and uh, there's there's a lot going on. So it's nice to be, and we've got you know, Apart from that, there's Ellen and Conan uh, on the lot as well. Shows like Two and a Half Men, so. Uh, it, it's just nice to kind of be doing our own small part of what is this big, huge machine.
0: Did you manage to do the tour when you were there at Warner when you first went there?
8: Yeah, we got to, we got to drive around, and, and uh, even on a daily basis, we get um, we have two little golf buggy things to, to drive around the, the lot. It is it is as Hollywood as you would uh, wish it to be, and to get from where our office is, even our offices. Um, a part of a street that is used as as a set, so um, it looks like something like Wisteria Lane out of *Desperate Housewives*. So our production office looks like a house uh, to get inside of it, but the the outside is is a house, and we have neighbours, and we've got little white picket fences. And on particular days, they'll be wanting to shoot something in the street, and they'll tell us you have to park your cars around the back today, so no one can see them. And, uh, and yeah, and, and right next door is, is a big jungle lot where they shoot shows like, uh, True Blood and Pretty Little Liars. And so, uh, yeah, you even just are gonna get back to, Get lunch from the, the little cafeteria there. You're, you're driving through working studio lots, and sometimes there's big cameras and crews and everything going on. So, yeah, it's 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 a constant buzz, which is which is a great creative space to be in. Mm,
0: I can definitely imagine. Does it make it easier then to uh, try and line up some of the the big name guests? I mean, this year, I mean, looking at who you've had on: Russell Brand, Adam Lambert, Matthew Fox, and of course this week you've got Olivia Newton John and John Travolta on. Is it easier getting to be so close to these people now? Come on the show. I want to chat to you.
8: Yeah, it, in some respects it is easier because they in some cases they're working on the lot. We'll get people from uh, shows like The Big Bang Theory, which is which is just next door to us, stuff like that. Uh, and and other times it can be uh, difficult because people are working. Um, you know, it's different when we were doing the show in Australia. If someone was in town, they were in town because they were on a press tour. And, their time was not theirs to do what they wanted, so you could you could be uh, a bit selfish by saying this is when we want you. Whereas now you have to, you might have someone booked for that night, and suddenly their workday blows out, and they're shooting late, and suddenly you can't get them anymore. So yeah, you know, there are pros and cons to it, but but I would say on the whole, it is it is uh, far more positive than
0: negative. I'm sure a lot of people have been asking you the question. Then, Rove, are you ever going to get Ellen or Conan O'Brien on the show? Can you give us a, a scoop? Are you going to try and get them on the show one time if their schedules allow?
8: Yeah, definitely. We've we've got the invite out to Ellen, and we've we've been back and forward through uh, Twitter and things like that, and then certainly. Um, uh, When we had, this week, uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John on, uh, when they finished our show, they went next door, literally next door to Ellen's show. So at first we put out the invite that if Ellen wants to come across to take John and Olivia out of our studio and, and whisk them over to, to hers, or uh, I could drop I could drop them off <laughs> and take them over. Um, but uh, yeah, that hasn't happened as yet. And so at the moment, if the dangling the carrot of John Travolta and Olivia Newton John can't do it, well, we're going to have to work a bit harder than that. So uh, if that can't do it, I don't know what can, but I'm sure we'll think of it. We'd l- I'd love to have her on, she'd be fantastic. And I know she's uh, very. Um, uh, very much wanting to um, give a shout-out to the Rosy fans. So we've got a few weeks left for the year, and hopefully we can make it happen.
0: Fingers crossed. But, uh, I mean, obviously with Living Newton-John, John Travolta, it's obviously kind of seen like a, a reunion for both of them since Greece. They've got the Christmas album out. What can uh, the viewers expect from this interview, Rove? I know a lot of people are looking forward
4: to it.
8: Well, you're right. It is a reunion of sorts. This is the first thing they've worked on together in 30 years. Um, we just forget sometimes the two of them just seem so synonymous uh, together that uh, you forget that they haven't they made a a not very good movie after Greek and and that's kind of been it they haven't really done anything together uh, on a project like this so um you know, you, you really do notice that it, you know, as soon as they walked into the building there is this real aura around the two of them and. Um, yeah, gosh, we cover um, all the stuff you'd want, of course. In the early days, back when they were working on Greece and how all that came about, and how they they met and got together. And um, you know, we talk a little bit about you know how they were. Um, uh, you know, we we go through some very bad outfits uh, <laughs> that they've both worn over the years, and talk about the various solo projects that they've done. And then we also delve into um, some of the uh, charity work that they're doing uh, with the album and and, uh, the reasons for that with the loss of John's son and uh, Olivia with what she's been through with with uh, cancer, so um, there's a lot of fun, but there's a little bit of seriousness as well. And um, I think by the end of it, the one thing you'll come away from is that they're just two wonderful, down to earth people, two huge stars, but just really, really lovely people. They are everything you would hope they would be. That's
0: what we like to hear. I remember back in the Rove Live days when you had uh, John on with Hugh Jackman uh, promoting Swordfish. Now that was a that was a fun interview. So I'm sure if it's anything like that, we're going to be in for a treat.
8: Yeah, well, that one was that was the show I. I I you know, said this to John afterwards that was the show that that put us on the map we were the little show that was still kind of finding its feet on, on Channel 10 and I don't know that anyone kind of really took us seriously as, as, a, as a big as a big player on the television landscape and getting uh, Hugh and, and John and we were uh, as far as I know I think we were the only people who did um, that was the show that put us on the map and uh, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt it was it was because of him so um here we are again um as i pointed out to him at the time it's what 12 years later Yeah, if you can believe that. incredible so uh or 10, 10 10 11 11 years 11 years so
0: um yeah, so that's incredible, quite incredible. How time flies while you're having fun. Well, one of the, one of the guests that I um absolutely loved seeing this year, Rove. Now, I um I host another radio show entirely on Survivor, so to see Jeff Probst on the show and to see you on the Jeff Probst show was incredible. How how did that come about? Did Jeff approach you and say, "Hey, Rove, I am a fan," and, and did you believe it when he actually said it? Yeah, it was. That's exactly what happened. So
8: he. Um, his new show had started and then we got the invite to, to go on, and uh, which was lovely. And then when I turned up, uh, I didn't realise this until I got there. And then he came and said hi before the show. And he said, oh, I'm a big fan. And I just sort of said, oh, well, that's very sweet of you to say. but I just thought he meant, as most of them do, oh, I've been given a whole lot of clips to look at and I really liked it. And, uh, and I said, oh, well, that's, that's nice. He said, no, 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 seriously, I mean it. When I was shooting in Australia, I used to watch your show and they have a lot of, you know, even when they're shooting around um, uh, the South Pacific and you know, they do a lot of shows that are very close to Australia and uh, they have a lot of Australian crew. And he said, I've seen your stuff before, and I am a fan. And he was even saying it on the show to the point where even I was like, this is weird, this is making no sense. <laughs> he's going, it's so amazing that you are here." I'm going, you're just close, what are you talking <laughs> about? And so, um, but we really, really hit it off. And so I turned around and said, but you've got to come on our show. I think you'd be great. And I know the Aussies would love to see you. And he was just fan- so fantastic. I had to uh, propose to him. Yes. And he is now officially my American bromance. And uh, we went uh, on our first mandate, uh, last weekend We went to go see the new Quentin Tarantino movie Django Unchained. Brilliant! And uh, had had a bite to eat afterwards, so we we're well and truly on our way.
0: I was going to ask you how the bromance is going, Rove. We needed to get an update, I think, to see how things were moving along. It's doing very
8: well. Um, our wives are very pleased. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, we've done we've done a dinner together, and then we've we've gone out and seen a movie and. Uh, uh I'm hope it looks like I'll be going to the um Survivor finale and, and reunion uh, next week.
0: So uh, as a fan of the show, I'm very,
8: very excited to
0: do that. Well, I was absolutely surprised, actually, to find out you were a fan, Rove, during that episode, Woo! and um, I need to, I think, extend extend the invitation to you maybe one day when schedules allow it. I would love to get you on this, my Survivor show, it's called Survivor Oz, to, to sit down with you and chat about your fandom of the show, because I think a lot of Australians were interested about that, really. Yeah,
8: yeah, well, we actually did get in trouble for a showed a clip on the show, which kind of gave away uh, and, uh, and elimination, yes. <laughs> um, which I hadn't thought of at the time. But uh, I will also say, well, in the current climate, uh, Channel 9 slash Go, um, you should be on the ball a bit more than that. So, um, you know, it, this is such a thing as fast-tracking. So, yeah, let's make it happen, people. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I've been a fan since the first uh, season. Uh, I think there's only one that we didn't get... Bond, I want to say, is that the
0: one? It was Marquesas, season four Marquesas. Was it Marquesas?
8: No, there was one with the, there was a big gorilla in the logo that we didn't get either, so maybe there was two. But um, uh, anyway, um, I, I've I've otherwise seen any that went to air uh, in Australia and, and watched them all here, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, I have my my favourites, and, and it's one of those, it's one of the few shows on television, I always use it as an example of of how TV can be done right. It still works. They can add things like uh, immunity idols. They can add things like all-stars. They can add things like fan versus favorites. They can uh, have and then they can bring back, you know, old players to captain new teams. But they keep changing it. They don't just keep piling it on. They'll add things, but then they'll take it take It keeps it interesting, which
0: is fantastic. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely see if we can uh, line that up and make that happen for Survivor. And I have to ask you the question, Rove. Please pass on a good word to Jeff Probst, because we would love to get him on our show too, to have a chat with him. Come on.
8: Absolutely. (laughs) Can do. We'll do a double date on your radio show. Oh,
0: look, I'm loving it. Now, um, last time we had you on, of course, we wrapped it up with our famous five questions, Rove. Now, I'm not going to ask you them again. I actually had some listeners send in some questions this time. And uh, believe it or not, I actually got a question in from one Reggie Sorensen, or as you might remember her, Reggie Bird, winner of Season 3. Three Big Brother in Australia and uh, she wanted to say hello to you Rove and wondered did you enjoy if you can remember eating the Reggie cookies that were out at the time
8: oh yes yes I I, yes I did short answer yes I did um Uh, I don't know what she's up to now. Does she still have a fish and chip shop? Was it
0: a no, chip she's shop? Uh, she's long moved to uh, Queensland. She got remarried and, um, yeah, she's actually living on the Gold Coast. Oh, good for her. I
8: liked her. She was one of my favourites out of a very, very small field
0: of people that I like on that <laughs> show. Well, uh, I'll pass that. On. Hello. <laughs> and uh, just another quick final question, actually. One of our listeners, Isaac Long, now he actually wanted to get your thoughts on Tasmania. And I wanted to elaborate on this a bit, Rove, because I actually wanted to find out when was the last time you even came? Came to Tasmania, if you've ever been here at all.
8: Oh yes, I have been there. I've done I've done plenty of shows there, and uh, I, oh, I couldn't tell you the last time of I have been. Um, I it would have been a couple of years back. I went down to visit uh, Bob Brown, Senator Bob mm. Brown. Yes, um, but uh, that was. I want to say 2009. So, considering that's when I was last kind of based in Oz, I think
0: that's not too bad, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I think the thing to... our uh, Next time you're in Australia... It's we're... always colder than I... It's always colder than I remember. Yeah, well, that's I think a lot of people... The mainlanders, as we call you guys, Rover. that's what they always say. But the thing to entice you back you down You are the last bastion here... between us and the Arctic Circle, yes. and we thank you for being our little butter. <laughs> that's very true. Well, come down here, see Mona. Have you ever been told about Mona? No. No, I have not. Well, uh, to briefly say what it is, it's basically a museum of sex and death and it has taken over Hobart in the last year. So, Rove, get your butt to Mona.
8: Count
0: me in. <laughs> Sounds very good. Well, Rove, I will thank you for your time here, of course. Rove LA screens weekly on Fox 8 from 7.30pm and you can also buy Season 1 of Rove LA available in all your good shops that sell DVDs. Always a pleasure, mate, having you on and uh, I look forward to this double date with Jeff Probst on Survivor Oz in the future.
8: Thanks very much. we look looking forward to it as well.
0: All good things must come to an end, and that is today's episode... It has to come to an end. That has been episode 54 of The Brink. Thanks to everybody who joined us on the show today, Nick, Paul, Colin, and uh, all our past guests as well. Back next Monday, of course, for another one, hopefully more exciting things to come in the week for you to get excited about. As always, remember to like us on Facebook or on Twitter, YouTube, subscribe on uh, iTunes, leave us some feedback, we very much appreciate it, particularly, as I said, Austrians, Indians, United Kingdoms, and Cook Islanders. Uh, we want to hear from you, so please leave us some feedback. And uh, in the coming weeks, um, we we'll, uh, not really, I mean, we, we, we're we looking at maybe going on maybe a week or two hiatus kind of over the Christmas period, but we will, of course, have our Best Of episode, which we will produce and kind of, uh, play the best bits of the year. So stay tuned for that and kind of, obviously, our 2017 in the mix, which I'm looking forward to producing in a few weeks and putting all that together, which is always generally one of my favourite things to do every single year. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, obviously, we're getting to the pointy end of 2017 as we transition into yet another year. So, uh, yeah, we hope that you, are. Uh, Going to look forward to what we've got to come in the coming weeks. Thank you for tuning in to The Brink, though. My name is Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and a good night.